In war, it can be hard to tell the difference between your allies and your enemies. Welcome to another episode of Coruscant Nights. Tonight, I'm here with Adam from Force Majeure. How's it going, Adam? Very well indeed. Thanks, Mark. And thank you very much for having me on. I've been very excited for this. I'm very, very excited. I'm also very excited for this. I'm sure everybody who's listening to this already knows about Force Majeure. You've heard Adam's voice as the GM and as Tychus and as Tiny Tychus. Who are you playing today? Today, I am bringing to the table Peebo Scubs, who is better known as one of the anchors for the Antarian Action News Network. He is a war correspondent because the war has been heating up across the galaxy, and he's attached to the 56 Antarian Rangers Brecker Squadron whose job, along with many of the other Antarian Ranger divisions, is to go deep behind enemy lines, sow chaos and disharmony, disrupt lines of communication, and generally give the Separatist armies a very bad day, while at the same time boosting the morale of the good citizens of the Republic by showing them the valiant actions of their soldiers, the struggles and the striving that they do for freedom every day out there in the galaxy, ably assisted by K7T4G, or K-Tag, his little camera droid, who acts as both his editing suite, his trusty camera person, and his comrade in arms, facing danger together and the worst that the Separatist armies can throw at them. And of course, showing up the brave and valiant efforts of our troops. Buy war bonds. Every stock and bond you buy is a fresh blaster pack for those people fighting for your freedom in the galaxy. And this is not going to be his voice. No, 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 no. You'll just have to wait until we go time in, won't we? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What has brought Peebo to Coruscant now? His division of the Antarian Rangers were just coming back from deployment at the time that the Battle of Coruscant started. And being nearby in the area, they were coming past to refuel. They got drafted in to help repel the Separatist assault on the capital's... Not only the capital planet, the capital city of the capital planet, they were attacking the Senate itself. And that is when you need elite soldiers. They deployed to assist and were taken down by nefarious means, specifically the use of EMP grenades, which as people may or may not know, Gotals are particularly sensitive to electromagnetic pulses. Now, clanker busters effectively, which are normally deployed against B1 battle droids and the like, being turned against servants of the Republic is this a case of mistaken identity? Well, that is what we're going to be finding out hopefully over these next few episodes because although official records do indeed state that the Antarian Rangers Brecker Squadron were deployed here to resupply, that's not necessarily the case. The real truth is this. Peebo, in his job as a propagandist for the Grand Army, had found some very, very worrying suggestions that there is a mole deep, deep inside the Grand Army of the Republic who is feeding intelligence out to separative troops, exposing weaknesses and setting the most valiant of the soldiers of the Republic, the Jedi Order and the Antarian Rangers, setting them up to be taken down in ambushes and traps. So no, it's no coincidence that they happen to be in the area at the time. But the last thing that Peebo remembers before waking up in a sunny scene that I will hand over to the actual GM of this show to describe <laughs> is the bursting of EMP grenades, the screaming of his colleagues who were less protected from the devastating waves of energy than Peebo himself. 
and the blast of fire of capital ships fighting in the skies above. Peebo feels a, a little nudge. It's it's dark. His his eyes are closed. Something happened. The the, the sounds are still there. The the what he remembers the the blaster bolts, the explosions, the the ringing in his ears. Something's nudging his side right now. Peebo shakes his head, pulls himself very slowly to his feet. His eyes are still cl- like two thirds closed at the moment. Those strange goat pupils that give him 270 degree vision and look like a figure of eight in each eye. His head is absolutely ringing from the after effects of everything that's going on. He fumbles down around him and realizes that the horn baffles that he wears to suppress the electromagnetic radiation caused by being around so much technology, so many droids have slipped off in whatever happened and he slides them back over his horns It's like losing your sight or your sense of smell, this intangible extra sense which defines goatal culture, but is just too overwhelming in all the signal and the noise of somewhere like Coruscant. And with that deadened, he feels able finally to open his eyes that full crack as his headache slowly subsides. He reaches down to where his pistol's holster at his hip, reassuring himself that that at least is still there, and squints down at whatever it is that's nudging him. He sees his camdroid, K-Tag. <laughs> oh. It beeps up at Peepo, and as he opens his eyes, he's able to survey the, the scene. His rangers, his allies, Keppel, the rest of them, they're, they're dead. Bodies are scattered. You spot a separatist battle droid um, also on the ground, not far away. And we should actually roll some... Destiny. Destiny. Dice. Two light side for you. Two light side for me as well. And since uh, Peebo is also an Age of Rebellion character, and I know you have at least one talent, I don't know if it, I don't think it has anything to do with rolling duty, but let's roll duty to just see if Peebo's duty triggers in this event. Would you like to roll it or shall I? Is that how it works for Age of Rebellion? I don't know. I've never played it. I'm a Force and Destiny person. I am too. No, yeah, you you roll it, it triggers, and if it triggers, you get extra wounds. Oh, cool. So it's like an inverse um, obligation. I I feel like I should know that. Uh, I've got some dice here. Okay. Zero nine. So that triggers my communication. Communications is my... So yes, so for the listeners at home, Peebo has has 15 duty in total. The first 10 is communications, which is his job as a signal operator, and he has five encounter intelligence. But that's, that's not triggered, so that doesn't really matter, I suppose. Yes, your wound threshold increases by two. I feel like I'm probably going to need that. I think you might. So Peebo kind of drags himself up with a, a reassuring hand on K-Tag, looks around at the, the bodies of his comrades and goes, oh, oh, bloody hell, K-Tag. We've been bushwhacked and something proper. Oh, we can't stick around here. Um, Is anyone else alive? Are you all right, lad? Are, are you doing all right? Are you okay? Tell me they've not fried you as well. <laughs> All good. Oh, how long have you been out for? How long was I out for? Is anyone else still alive? K-Tag lets you know that it's not been long. It's been minutes, maybe. His sensors went offline. His chronometer needs to sync with the AAN news servers and needs to probably reboot and recalibrate. Um, but it seems like it's been about 10 minutes. The place where this all went down, it's up near the upper levels of Coruscant. It's a part of the city where you can actually see the sky. 
around you, you see tall buildings going up into the sky. You see speeders, speeder trucks, uh, all sorts of vehicles just stopped, not even hovering on the pavement anymore. Down the road, a good distance away, you can see that there is still battle happening. The blaster bolts are flying above your head. None of them are coming towards you, close to you right now, but the battle is is still raging and happening right now. Oh, Criff. I'm going to look around, and what I'd like to see is whatever this pulse was that took us out, does it look like it was a grenade or a thrown piece of ordnance? Is there anything like that scattered around? Or does it look, given that there's vehicles outside that have clearly been zapped by it as well, does it look like a more tactical scale detonation? It is small scale. If you wanted to find the actual piece of equipment that did it, we could roll a perception check. I, I would like to, please, Mark. Okay, let's do it. Um, I'd say it would probably be an average difficulty with one setback for the amount of debris, bodies, etc. That seems fair. So yes, that is a failure, but with an advantage. Okay, so you don't spot the actual item that did the damage. Um, any ideas for that advantage? I'd like to see if I can find somewhere that's a handy bolt hole or a way out um, from where I currently am that doesn't take me into the immediate conflict outside. Sure. So the conflict is happening in front of you. There are plenty of alleyways to the right, to the left, even behind you that you could duck into. The closest one is it is it's next to a shop called Gravo's Secondhand Hands. Oh, all right, K-Tag, help me get the ID tags off uh, off the squad. We'll need to take these back home when we get out of here. And then, come on, down here, past this alleyway. We've got to get out of here. Something's gone on and we've, we, we've been bushwhacked, lad. This was a targeted strike. I'm sure of it. I feel it in my horns. Oh. And then I quickly start moving over to the nearest bodies. K-Tag being a hovering little cam droid. He's probably faster than me to get to the ones further away. Do you think he's got a little magnetic grabby thingy? Yeah, I imagine so. A little, <laughs> because he uses it to hold up prompt cards sometimes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not being gentle about getting the ID tags off. I'll use my um, my survival knife if needs be, just mm-hmm. pulling them off the neck and quickly shoving them into one of the pockets on my, my combat fatigues. And then mm-hmm. as soon as I've got them all, we scarper as quickly as we can down this alleyway. You finish your grim task and move down the alleyway. It's darker here. The The sounds are muffled. The electromagnetic feeling is, is even more muffled than it was before. But being on Coruscant, that's, that stuff is everywhere. What sort of plan would the two of you come up with? This is not a situation you probably ever thought you would be in. You've got incriminating information. Maybe not all of the information that you would need, but you know things that other people don't know. Do you want to get that information out? bring it to people, find out more information? Well, I think currently, and Pebo will be will be having this conversation because Pebo is one of these people that, that thinks out loud when he mm-hmm. can, certainly in times of high stress. He'll be speaking to K-Tag kind of as he's making his way down the alleyways at the moment. His, his immediate goal is just getting out to somewhere where he can take a breather, preferably somewhere where the electromagnetic fuzziness isn't quite so strong. Because, yeah, even with his horn baffles on, even kind of a bit abstracted away from it at the moment. It's so much sensory overload, and it's just getting a bit too much for him, especially with his ears still ringing from whatever mm-hmm. it was that took his squad down. And he's like, mm-hmm. right. So the fact they use that against us suggests to me that we're definitely on the right track. I knew there was something fishy going on with those those leaked troop deployment brouchers. So 
we need to get this out. We need to get this back and uploaded to the AAN servers, but we can't just give them what we've got. At the moment, all we've got is a suspicion and some corroborating evidence. We need to dig further, which means what we need to get, K7, and keep your eye out for this, okay, we need to find some way of getting into the military or the Grand Army or the Senate or other high-up encrypted secure communication network. Now, that scomlink I installed in you, the sneaky one, you know, the backdoor one, that's still working, isn't it, lad? It's still working. Good, good, good. Right, marvellous. So that's our way in. And between me and you, I'm confident that we can slice through at least the basic levels. First of all, we need to get to safety. We need to find out who's hit our lads. We need to get any more information we possibly can. And we need to get that uploaded to the ANN servers. Even if that means we have to send you or me or both of us off world or somewhere where we've got a secure link up to the servers. Now, my secure comm link, Pebo takes it off his head turns it back on again because it was it was damaged in the shockwave, mm-hmm. gets it working again, kind of puts it back on and goes, right, okay, right. All right, excellent. This, the encryption on this is still working. K-Tag, you, you're still getting the encrypted channel, right? I am. Excellent. Right, okay. So at least we can communicate this way if we have to. Right, okay. Oh, too much too much noise, too much signal, right. Oh, see, this is, this is why we're never a soldier. It's fine being on the front line recording it, but... This is why I never made sergeant. Right, first things first, lad. Let's get somewhere where we can sit down and, and catch our breath and take stock at situation. Because, and Pebo looks up to the skies above through kind of through the gaps in the um, in the towers and the skyscrapers at the raging conflict, the sky being on fire with capital ships firing and close range fighters attacking each other and dogfights and, and vulture droids crashing here and there and X-wings and star sprites smashing into buildings. Mm-hmm. It's a bad day to be out in the open. Now, have we got any contacts here? Have we got any underworld links? Probably not. First things first, though, lad. We need to get somewhere out of the open where we can catch our breath and take stock and see if there's any other survivors from the squad or any other survivors from uh, from the wider company. Can you see anywhere, mate? Do you want to get in one of these buildings? Or we could go underground? Underground might be a plan for the moment. Aye. Let's try underground. The two of you are moving along this alley. I'm sort of imagining Peebo's uh, walking forward with determination, but every once in a while takes a, a couple steps back and, and just like checks other alleys and and is checking with K-Tag to see if they notice any other places to go. Yeah. I would say it wouldn't take very long to find some sort of sewer grate or being hole to um, head down into the underground. Yeah. Peebo will drop down, leave the cover up, nod to K-Tag to get him to go down first and, and have a quick look around to make sure there's nothing untoward waiting for us down there. And then when he's had the nod that it's safe, drop down afterwards, pulling the cover closed above him. It is significantly quieter down here. The sounds above are muffled and a lot of the electromagnetic activity is muffled as well. You can see a few conduits uh, running the, the length of the top of this tunnel. It is cold, it is dry, and it's dark. Okay, right. This'll do for the moment. It may not be ideal, but we've bivvied out in worse places, haven't we, lad? Right, okay. At least it's dry. True that. And a little bit out of the way. Okay. So Peebo pops a squat, takes his data slate out, connects it up to the kind of the remote link to um, K-Tag as well, mm-hmm. and starts quickly reviewing what information he'd managed to get before everything went... Um, went sideways Mm -hmm. working out which of those files he wants to keep 
and which ones are ready for upload, which ones are just in his useful file. Basically doing a very quick, because it is, it's a mantra for him. He's been on the front line in various roles, even before the Clone Wars started, because mm-hmm. the Antarian Rangers do a lot of peacekeeping work that the Jedi Order didn't bother doing, because mm-hmm. there's more Antarian Rangers than there are Jedi. Yeah. <clears throat> and the, the, the two organisations were quite closely linked as well, so there's quite a lot of reciprocity between the two of them. And this is Peebo's mantra for when when he's in a foxhole and the shells are flying overhead. It's it's sit, organize, assess, decide, move. So Peebo has all that information that he gathered before coming to Coruscant. Now, in addition to that, he also has, because K-Tag is almost always recording, <laughs> has footage of his squad going down, if he wanted to review that as well. I think he would, yes. He'd want to review that. So again, he takes a quick look around, makes sure that the place that, that they're currently in is as secure as it can be, and then starts reviewing the recording. He'll pipe the audio into his headpiece, um, his mm-hmm. comm link, rather than it being broadcast out loud, because he doesn't really want to give the game away in case it's any, there is anyone nearby. So he's going to be keeping that kind of going in one ear, keeping his other ear free. I mean, Gotla. Uh, a revolve from prey animals so there is that inherent kind of caginess when things start going on you know they still have that that prey instinct for for sensing when things might kick off so he's he's that caginess he's not losing that caginess and he's got his blaster pistol out and is on his lap as well so again if they're intercepted he doesn't have to waste time drawing it because he's in an active war zone and there are people looking for him and his squad because any time now they might realise that he wasn't taken out as well and come looking for him. So mm-hmm. he knows he can't stay here for too long. He's got to orient, observe, and react. Right. The information that you have from before, it's basically that there is a mole, there is someone feeding Republic information out to the Separatists. The Separatists have, have known battle plans ahead of time, have been able to react in ways that they should not have been able to react. What else does he have? I think, and I'm happy to flip a light side point for this, that he's managed to narrow it down enough that while there's no, there's clearly no name or nothing that identifying, it at least gives us the next tier we need to look at. We've managed to eliminate some of the lower grunts. So Mm -hmm. we we know it's not on a squad level, so it might be at the captain level, it might be higher up, but we've managed to eliminate some of the... And also I'd like to think that maybe... We've been able to pattern together where the attacks have been hitting, uh, which squads have been being taken out to kind of go right. Well, we know it's not the hundred; it's not someone in the hundred and first because mm-hmm. they have taken two heavy casualties from this attack. Which means they're not going to throw their own squad to the wolves unless they're a particular threat. Right. Whereas this unit, this unit, and this unit have always mysteriously managed to avoid ambushes, even though it looks like they should have walked into it. Just to kind of narrow us down a little bit, so if we can get somewhere like a clone station where we can maybe get into the military computers or or something like that, it just narrows that down, just just slices some of the possibilities away. Mm-hmm. And did he have some sort of connection to even... Did we have something about the Senate? Yeah, that's certainly where Peebo's leaning. That yeah. It's- that it's someone in the Senate that's got access to, because it's all been so high level, the leaks that are coming out, it's someone in a position to have an oversight or at least that would have some involvement in the overall strategy. So possibly someone in the Senate because they have to sign off, well, this world is the next one we're going to be targeting because Mm 
the Galactic Republic runs on bureaucracy, and even though they've devolved an awful lot of the, the tactics to the Jedi, there is still that ghastly weighing up of mm-hmm. cost that right. they have to do when they go, well, this world is not worth saving to us as much as that world is. Right. No, we're going to leave Ryloth for the time being. It's just not worth the resources helping the Twi'leks. Whereas the Umbarans, they've got something we need on their world. And again, mm-hmm. that kind of weighing up is done at the higher tiers. And it's from there that we think, that Peebo thinks, the decisions are being made and, and the information is being leaked. Because that's what's been happening. It's mm-hmm. been a case of the army has deployed to this world and been met with more forces than there were at the original tactical briefing. So someone who's right. told the Separatists, by the way, there's going to be a strike force coming here, double your guards, you can ignore this planet because they're leaving it alone for the time being. They're happy to let you leave that in your control. So yeah, it's that level that the, the leaks are. Okay. From what Peebo's managed to work out, that might not be the case, but that's certainly where he's, that's what he's operating on. But again, he needs to, that's why he came to Coruscant, so he could do this mm-hmm. digging. And then, unfortunately, there's a little, there's a little part of me, Kirstag, and I have to admit that the timing of this attack on Coruscant is somewhat suspicious. It's suspicious. If it were a more paranoid Gortel, I'd even suggest that part of this is cover for them taking out our squad. They could have attacked Coruscant at any time whatsoever, but they had to know that we would only be here with potentially incriminating evidence now. Are you worried? Oh, Are yeah. we getting too close? Aye. I think I think we might be. I, I am worried, Kertag. I am worried. And the thing that's worrying me most, I'll be blunt with you, my little friend, is this. If they're prepared to throw down on Coruscant itself to try and catch us in that dragnet, that suggests that this ain't this ain't even a, a commander or a captain. This has to go higher. And if it is someone in the Senate like we think it might be, it's not going to be some some backwater senator from Norwaysville. You know, th- this is someone with proper influence. This is someone that has weight behind them. Someone who, if their uh, involvement was to be known, would have catastrophic consequences for themselves. This is the actions of a desperate person. Or I'm reading too much into it. I don't know. I might argue that it could be one of these backwater senators. Their territory borders with separatist territories in many cases. So you think that maybe they're throwing other worlds to the uh, the Lothwolves? To save themselves. To save themselves. Could well be. Perhaps. Either way, we've got to get into the Senate computers, I reckon. Either there or into the Jedi Temple. Now, being a ranger, we have got links with Jedi Temple. And it might be that if we can make our way there, if if we can make our way there safely. There might be someone there, one of the knights, one of the uh, the masters that, that we can talk to, one of the generals, and draw upon that shared camaraderie for years. But they have to know if we've survived, that's where we're gonna go to, isn't it? You go to ground, you go to where you feel safe. I'm running to Jedi Temple, that is, is the obvious solution. Oh, K-Tag, I hate this. I think we're gonna have to zig where they expect us to zag. If we go straight to, to the temple, they're gonna have people there. They might even have Jedi that, that they've managed to persuade. I mean, you you and me, we've met some. That Krell fellow, that Besilisk. Yeah. I don't I don't trust his intentions at all. He were he were all too happy to be fighting for a Jedi, and he's not the only one. Right. Okay. So, clone barracks? No, because whatever hit us, it's either the security force or it's the clones. 
And the clones do what they're told. They're good soldiers. They follow orders. If they've been suborned and told for take us out, they're not going to wait for it to speak to me. They're going to see me as an enemy. So we can't go there. But this battle's happening. They might not even be there. Ah, reach true, lad. Reach true. Okay. Have you still got a map of the local area that we downloaded before we landed? And I'll flip a light side point for that as well? Yes, I do. Excellent. These, these tunnels go just about everywhere. Right. Find me the quickest route to the nearest clone station. I want one that's on the periphery of the fighting, where it's likely they've deployed most of their uh, their soldiers to, but at the, so, so it should be lightly defended. But at the same time, there won't be too much of a force left just in case they get hit. While you do that, I'll finish editing this and send it across to you. Prep it for upload as soon as you reconnect to its servers. Got it. And K-Tag pulls up a hologram map of the area and um, starts routing the fastest course to the nearest barracks. It is a few levels down and a little bit closer to the Jedi Temple, but not not quite there. Excellent. So that's when we've got that um, when we've got that up on, on KTAC maps, pistol in hand, very cagely, Peebo's going to stalk off into the, the tunnels, relying, I think while we're down here and the light is very are there any lights at all? Is it pitch black or the the, the kind of the emergency very faint running lights? I think it would be pitch black if not for the grates in the ceiling above okay so you're just getting little bits of the sky coming down through then what he's going to do as well just to be on the safe side he's he's going to quickly pat down through his various pockets on his mm-hmm. on his his combat rig take a couple of painkillers and um, just dry swallow them grit his teeth and take his horn baffles off so that he can start getting the feel for things nearby. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, sorry, as a species ability, Gotal, they can they can focus that and, and effectively do like the first level to sense power. Okay. Once per encounter, they can sense the presence and current emotional states of all living things within short range. I don't think he's pushing it that far because mm-hmm. he doesn't want to open himself up too much right now. I think he's when the painkillers have properly kicked in, hopefully he'll be by the clone barracks and that's when he's going to open himself up properly to that. He's just using it to enhance his night vision at the moment, just to okay. give him that extra little edge in case he needs it, in case he's going to get jumped down here in the sewers. Mm-hmm. As he moves, the there are some crossing tunnels here and there, and he ends up wading through uh, a couple feet of muck on his way. And the place that he can come out, because Coruscant's on all these different levels, um, actually ends up just, he's able to walk straight out into into where he's going. There's sort of almost like a cage door in front of it that I'll flip my dark side point and say is is currently locked with uh, maybe a magnetic lock. Right, okay. It's all right, we we can do this. Um, He he breathes, he slides his horn baffles back on to Mm -hmm. cut that that fuzz down again because he's going to need to be able to focus on this moves in close and asks Kertag just pop your pen light on and focus it on this area narrow beam uh, red light diffusion please we want to keep visibility outside of here down to a minimum thanks very much lad and then he's going to pop out his little toolkit and I'm going to attempt to pop the maglock skullduggery mechanics um probably skullduggery which I know you're better at I, I am a little bit better at skulldug uh yeah I'm going to skullduggy it uh, what's the difficulty please Average with a setback to not be noticed. Okay. I think I'm going to argue for a boost, but also argue for another setback. Okay. And I'd like to argue for a boost because K-Tag is helping me. He's yep. quite good. At th- I don't have his stats, but I imagine him being a spy's p- 
personal sneaky droid. He's probably got some useful features. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm also going to argue that for an extra setback on there, because I'm a masochist, and basically say the painkillers haven't quite kicked in yet, so there's still that that ringing in his head that's making it a little bit hard to concentrate. Okay, let's add another boost because my setback was to not be noticed by all the people on Coruscant. You can have a boost because it's dark. Okay, thank you very much. Two success, one advantage. Okay, so K-Tag focuses the red beam of their light on the maglock and you have at it and it pops open pretty quickly. Okay. Advantage? Well, what I'm thinking is this being a maglock, it's going to mm-hmm. have like a specific frequency that, that unlocks it. You know, like you mm-hmm. get on a swipe card. Mm-hmm. I'd like to transfer that onto one of my... Because I, I imagine I've, I've got a bit of an espionage toolkit because it is sure. it is what yeah. he does. So for the moment, I'd like to transfer that onto one of my blank swipe cards. So if I have to come back this way, I can just swipe an, an out. Yeah, and then you can, you could actually close it back up, swipe it, and probably not have anybody waiting for you there. That's the plan. So okay. yeah, open it quietly, sidle in, um, and then swipe it back behind me. I can't even imagine, you know like in um, Terminator 2, where John Connor's hacking and he's got the credit card that's connected to a little, mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah. a Palm Pilot. That's yeah. kind of what I imagine that Peebo's using to get through this sort of thing. Right, with a really wide collection of wires. Yeah, yeah that kind of connect mm-hmm. to his data slate. Mm-hmm. So he's just kind of stored the, the code for this door, swipes through, closes it behind him, pockets that, draws his pistol again. And it's not too much further to the clone barracks. As you get there, you spot a typical clone barrack on a large city planet. You've probably been to a few before. Yeah. This looks exactly like them. It's probably the same layout inside and everything. Well, he's been to Coruscant a few times. He's just normally on the other side. Yeah. Because, I mean, Coruscant being a planet-wide city, yeah, he mm-hmm. it's a big old place, so um, he's, he's never been to this particular area of it. So, But yeah, as you say, it's all prefab. It's all same PFI. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, right, okay. Hey, Kesag, we were in one of these last time. Did you uh, did you scan, uh, scan the place out and get a map for it like I asked you to? Of course I did. Good lad. Pop that up. Right. So here's where, here must be where we are or thereabouts, give or take a little bit which means there's the armory. Here, here, and here are going to be the main barracks area. There's two of the sleeping chambers. That's the mess hall. There's the communications room. There's the backup communications room, and there's the briefing room. Backup comms room. That Everyone that's going to be left here is either going to be in the barracks or in the main command centre. Backup comms room where we're going. Right. Nice and quiet now, lad. Nice and quiet. Do you take those baffles off again? Yeah, he, he does. I'm going to take the baffles off. I think and at this point the painkillers have, have kicked in yeah. a bit. Yeah. So slide them off for the moment. He's still not going to open up his senses just yet because okay. it takes quite a bit, because the range is, is quite small on it really for anything meaningful. So he's going to wait mm-hmm. until he's outside the backup communications room. But the benefit, I say the benefit is, places like comms rooms and control centers are where so much more of the technology, the computers are going to be concentrated which means that the signal they put out is um, is going to be louder. So he's almost, although he's got the map, he's almost using like um, hotter and colder by how uh-huh. much his head hurts. So he he's he's using the map as well as this just to make sure. Because yes, it's probably the same layout as everywhere, but that doesn't mean they might not change the mind and move it around in right. case it's been a leak or something. Mm-hmm. So the headache that he's going to have the closer he gets to it is almost his verification that it's still in the same place. Yep. 
so we've been calling this place the clone barracks. I want to say that this is the central processing station is is the closest place that that has clone activity. Yep. It it's a little larger than the clone barracks that we see in the early episodes of Coruscant Nights. Yeah. It has all of those things you described, the communications, the barracks, what have you. But it's a, a large building, and on the front of it, you see in uh, Arabesh central processing. So the building is, is this sort of large, nondescript, brick-like building from the front. From the side, because I imagine you're sort of checking it out from an angle. Yeah, yeah. You do see large windows that sort of go from floor to ceiling. And uh, through those, you do see a handful of clones, not in clone trooper garb, in the sort of black military uniform that naval officers or mm. uh, clones who don't normally make to the front lines yeah. wear. But there are more than a few of them, at least in this big central room that has a lot of terminals and screens. And let's say also in there, you spot a large group of scared-looking civilians. This seems to be a place that a lot of people came who were out on the streets or maybe who were new to the planet. I think that other... I mean, you've been there. The other side of the planet also has a very similar structure. This is the sort of place that somebody would come if they were new to Coruscant, um, seeking citizenship yeah. or a travel visa, anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's combination police center, um, information, tourist information, mm-hmm. uh, civic hub. Yep. Okay, right. Okay. Now, we can't walk in through the front door, not dressed like this. We'd raise too many questions. In, and it's a little bit more obvious than I'd prefer to go to for something like this. Okay. I think the first thing first, before we even go in there, we need to try and find something to cover up a little bit. Um, ah, marvellous. And I kind of go into some of the trash that's nearby and I get like a tarpaulin type thing that's been discarded. It's maybe it's been come off some um, mm-hmm. containers or something like that. Get my combat knife out, slice a head hole and put it on almost like a poncho over um, yep. over my clothing. Yes, it's going to be dirty and it smells, but that's going to be a bonus in some ways because people aren't going to look twice at a smelly goatle. And mm-hmm. secondly, it hides the fact that I'm wearing proper military uniform and all my identifying tags. You know, I've got the AAN flash on um, on my breast. I've got my um, 56 squadron on uh, on my shoulder. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've got civilian kind of across my uh, my armoured catch vest. But and normally on any other day, he'd wear those those identifying markers proudly and strut in, but this is not a normal day. Mm-hmm. Right. We can't just walk in straight through the front. It's far too obvious. And even though we can probably mingle a little bit with that crowd, I don't want to get that close. And I definitely want to stay off the cameras if we can. Right. Looking at these schematics, it looks like there might be a back way down there, hmm. like a fire exit, just in case things go a little bit pear-shaped in here and uh, and he gets hit by a bit of falling debris. I reckon that's the best place to start. So let's make our way around there. All right, so it's just uh, down around back. Yeah, and he slinks down as best he can. He's not very good at sneaking, but he is all right at looking unobtrusive. So mm-hmm. he's he's going to sidle in, kind of mingle with some of the crowd that's, that's running. Uh, and Because I imagine there are civilians on the street kind of rabble, mm-hmm. rabble, rabbling because of what's going on. Uh, right. So I'm going to kind of merge with one of those groups to take me towards the edge of the building and then step out again as we get closer and disappear down that alley and work my way around the back. Again, another reason why he's got his horn baffles off because they are military tech um, yeah. for goatles. Your average goatle. Yeah, your average goatle mm-hmm. don't wear them. So mm-hmm. 
there, kind of tucked away. You head around this back alley. It quiets down again, and you spot this back entryway. I don't think I would have to flip a dark side point to say that the back entryway on a military building is probably locked. Oh, absolutely it is. Yeah, yeah, that's that's totally fair. Um, Right. So K-Tag pops out the red light again. We gonna do this? Ah, that we are. Right. Let's uh, let's see what we can do. They shine it at the uh, keypad. This this one has a, a keypad. It's a little bit more secure than the previous one. Okay. So is this going to be school dog again, or is it going to be computers with it being um, a terminal? That can be your call. But before you do that, I would like uh, an average vigilance check. Absolutely. You could potentially argue perception. I think Pebo is sort of on edge at the moment and probably conscious of his surroundings. Yeah. My go-to I, would be vigilance, but Yeah, I see this is the awkward one. The 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 meta gamer in me says argue perception. It is by far mm-hmm. a better skill for you. Um, mm-hmm. because rather foolish well I say rather foolishly, Pebo hasn't put much in vigilance because he's never really needed to because he's not a spotter. He's got a spot mm-hmm. for that. But I I think I am going to go with Vigilance. It's a far less good skill for me, but I think it is probably the, the best one. What's our okay. current light side, dark side count? Because um, I've got four light sides in front of me. Wow. Right. I'm going to flip one of those um, okay. to upgrade. So that gives me a yellow and a green. Can I argue a boost for K-Tag? Because that's an extra set of eyes. Yes, you can. Um, I'm going to argue a setback because it is uh, getting darker as the sun is going down. Yep. And what's the difficulty? Average. Oh, no, that works out. That works out, and it is a good job of I spent that light side point. That is one success <laughs> and one advantage. Okay, there is a camera watching this door. Okay. For my advantage, mm-hmm. given that if there's one thing I know, it's cameras, could we have worked out a blind spot? Even if it means that what we have to do is go all the way around the front of the building and down the, the parallel alley and work our way back down. But can can we find a blind spot where we can sidle up to the door without being too noticed? Yeah, I, th- I think that that'll work. Sure. Okay. And yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy to take the extra time and risk to work my way round because getting in here is a higher priority. Uh-huh. If I'm spotted in the streets, the clones aren't going to gun me down in front of a load of civilians. And true. And and Peebo's still a bit like I don't know if these clones are actively after me. I don't even know if the clones themselves are actively after me. I just know that someone clearly is. So at the moment, don't you think, K-Tag, we have to assume that everyone that would otherwise be an ally is an enemy until proven otherwise. But if we can get up there, we might even be able to see if there's an APB out on us. Because if the clones are going for us, for our squad, there'll have to be an evidence trail for that. They won't just attack us on sight without some... And it won't even be a verbal command, not with clones. I mean, make a bless them. They're hard working, they're hard fighting, and they're loyal as bloody hell. But if there's one thing they've not got, it's a great deal of initiative. They're not going to go off book without uh, without orders. Right. Okay, we can we can risk going around the long way. Um, get under Poncho for the moment. Nothing to see. You you head around the building. And as you go, K-Tag says... Uh, I'll keep an ear out. I'll check the frequencies and see if anything pops up. <sighs> there's a reason you're my best friend, mate. <laughs> and yeah, work... <laughs> Work my way around um, the building, sidling up towards the uh, blind spot of the camera, mm-hmm. and then confident, or as confident as I can be, that I can get to it without being observed, set to work. Okay, let's get another check. I said it was more difficult than the sewer grate, so yep. let's do three purples for this. Okay. 
and I, again, are you happy with Skulldog, or would you rather it be computers? It can be Skulldogger, yeah. I'll Skulldog it then. Uh, any setbacks, any boosts? Maybe a boost from K-Tag? Okay. I don't think I've got any setbacks for you. Thank you. Oh, you criff wits. This close to being a triumph, and then it <laughs> rolled on the side. I mean, in fairness, it's come up as two successes, so I can't be too annoyed. But for one shining second, I was like... So, however, but you know, it still worked out all right. I'm not, I'm not too sad about it. I'm just a little sad. Uh, that is still two success and two advantage. Okay. What does it look like when Peepo skullduggeries this door open? Very similar to the sewer grate. He mm-hmm. pulls out his, his little kind of hacking pack, his his security bypass, connects it all up, and realizes that this being a clone barracks, it just so happens that being a resourceful sort of fellow. Last time he was stationed with a load of clone troopers, one of their data slates with security codes just just went briefly astray, only briefly. Mm-hmm. Just fell off the table for a yeah. little bit, yeah. Uh, I mean, they, they got it back, obviously, but during the course of that, some of those security protocols did happen to find their way onto Peebo's data slate. And that's mm-hmm. what that's what happens here. He, he's a bit like, oh, they're not going to have changed it too greatly. No one's going to expect this. So he connects it up, tries to brute force his way through a few times, and then there's just a moment as he shakes his head uh, and goes back to these old codes and they happen mm-hmm. to work. And for my advantages, I'd like that to be that I've got some old codes. They might work, sure. they might yeah. not work. It might just be good for a boost later on for doing something a bit nefarious. But for the moment, I have still got access to some of these maybe six month out of date yeah. protocols. And so when you plug them into the little computer and it says, welcome CT16344. He sneaks in, opens the, kind of pokes his... I, I think what he's actually going to do... No, yeah, he's just going to kind of open it a crack, poke his freakish hourglass eye round the uh, the corner of the door and mm-hmm. look down the corridor before opening it and then closing it behind him. Yep, K-Tag zips in right after him. And I'm going to sidle my way towards where the backup comms room is that hopefully won't okay. be being used particularly. So the space that you're in seems to be, it's pretty dark hallway. The, the back entryway doesn't look like it's used very often. It seems like they're storing stuff back here. And you move through the darkened hallways of the ground floor of this building. You pass a few med bays and uh, what looks like the prisoner area of, uh, of this station. And the place that you would like to go is going to be up a flight of stairs and to the right. You don't spot anybody on this ground floor, but you did see more people on the on the first floor. I'm going to have K-Tag, being quite small, mm-hmm. just float up and, and take a quick look around the corner to make sure the coast is clear before I sure. follow him up. At this stage, although Peebo's had his, his pistol out for most of the, the journey around here, now he's actually in the clone building, he's, he's holstered it, because the last thing he wants is the closest sea a stranger creeping around the building with a weapon drawn. Right. You know, trigger mm-hmm. discipline only gets you so far. So he's halted that again to minimize his threat profile. As K-Tag heads up this this stairwell, um, can you describe for me what K-Tag looks like? We know he's a little cam droid. Is he just this sort of one of those ones we saw floating around the Senate? I think they were like yellow, maybe? K-Tag is, he, he's circular. He's a bit smaller than H. 
head size. So uh, larger than a baseball, but smaller than, I'm going to say football. I, of course, mean soccer ball. I understand what you're saying. <laughs> basketball. It's a little bit smaller than a basketball. We're all universal with that. It's a little bit smaller than a basketball okay. with kind of a big, uh, like a main optic, which is the camera. A number mm-hmm. of smaller optics at the front and then like two at each side and one at the back as well. Because as well as being a cam droid, K-Tag is a war correspondence cam droid. And right. having eyes in the literal back of your head will save your life in a war zone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and where like your chin is, the chin of K7 can open up, and that's where lots of little proby bits can can poke out from. Yeah, it's little manipulators. Yeah. So yeah, kind of. But they they are normally tucked up and and kind of shielded in mm-hmm. with like a chassis. Just okay. Again, it's also so that there's less things to catch when he's being put into a bag. Right. Um, for for safety and transport reasons, so it's quite quite neat when he's not deployed fully. So yeah, so he's he's sidling up there, kind of just keeping a look around. And you get the little chirp from him. Looks like there are two up here in this hallway, two clones. But that's it. Are they on the side where the the comms room is, or are they uh the on the other side? They're a little further along. Okay, right. Well. I can't quite see in the comms room, but I don't think anyone's in there. Okay. Well, I'm, um, I'll hopefully be able to check that out. And he's going to creep to the top of the stairs, get as close to the comms room as he can, and then close his eyes and focus into his horns properly. Uh, it's like opening a third eye where where he can see, like curly and auras, really, the electro- electromagnetic auras being put off by people, which will have different magnitudes and colors and sensations depending on on how they're feeling and their emotional responses yeah kind of like, yeah that, that kind of and different colors but obviously he's not seeing colors because he's not seeing with his eyes but it's all all rolled into this this extra literal extra yeah. sensory perception mm-hmm. and that will uh, focus out to short range and um it will sense the presence and current emotional states of all living creatures within short range okay so you are probably within, let's say, the communications room is up at the top of this set of stairs. And between you and those two clones, there's a door with a window on it. So you can see the backs of their armor, the backs of their head. Yeah. They're, yeah, and they're just standing there. And you get the that sort of cold confidence that you typically get from a clone. Yeah. They know what they're doing. They have a job to do, and they're going to do it well. And there is nobody in the communications room. This is the backup communications room, right? Yeah. It's like not the main No, no he's deliberately gone for the, the backup one because it's less yeah. likely to be staffed. Yeah. And I would even say that the, the lights in here are dimmed mm. and maybe the equipment's not even all on right now. Yeah. Does it look like there's a way that I can get in there without attracting the attention of these clones? I think we could do a stealth check with a handful of boosts because they're not paying attention to what's behind them. They're solely looking forward right now. Okay. Well, that is what I'm going to do. I don't have any ranks in stealth, so I'm going to flip a light side point over to upgrade that. And when you say a handful of boosts, one, two? Let's let's do two boosts. It is, unfortunately for you, going to be against a red and two purples. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I, I can't think of anything at the moment legitimately. When I'm okay. in the comms room, maybe, mm-hmm. and I've got a few things that I might be able to to show off. The propagandist has got some interesting talents. Yes, it does. So I might be able to, to show off a few of those when I get in there, but I don't think I've got anything legitimate 
okay. until I get in there. The only other thing I could think of is having KTAG create some form of distraction, but I don't think I could do that in a way that wouldn't compromise KTAG, and I'm not mm -hmm. prepared to do that at the moment. Right. So KTAG is a friend and also has a lot of information. Yeah. So no, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna roll it. So okay. for the listeners, yeah, that's a yellow and two purple versus uh, sorry, a, a red and two purple versus a yellow, green and two boost. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Two success, one triumph, one despair. Lovely. Thanks for listening to this episode of Coruscant Nights. Coruscant Nights is a production of Nightcast Creative. To find out more about us and our projects, visit nightcastcreative.com. Thanks to Adam for playing on these episodes. Be sure to check out Adam's podcasts, two of my favorites, Force Majeure and Dungeon Majeure. You can find them anywhere you get your podcasts. And last but not least, don't forget about Donate for Destiny. Influence our destiny pool and make a difference in children's lives. Check out nightcastcreative.com destiny for more info and a link to donate. Picture a world where the gods have grown bored and fickle. Picture a world where reality shapes itself to their whims and desires in the search for entertainment. Picture a world where everything's a stage and the common folk merely players. Into this step the professional champions, heroes by trade and vocation, fighting to protect those in need. Some do it for gold, others for glory, but they all know that they are the thin line between the chaos of the gods and the safety of the world. And they also know this, if there's one thing the gods demand, it's a good performance. Welcome to Dungeon Majeure! Dungeon Majeure is an actual play Genesis podcast on a homebrewed world with some very homebrewed heroes. Starting on Wednesday the 14th of April and releasing weekly, Find us wherever you get your podcasts, and join us on the social medias under the banner of our parent show, Force Majeure, which is at Force Majeure Pod. So strap on your sword, fill up your tanker, take a seat by the fire, and get ready for the show. <laughs>